0: Persecution is not something that we are acquainted with to any great degree in America. This is very foreign to me. It's very alien to me. And We're gonna do something very different in this morning's service because we're gonna talk about something happening around the world today. We're gonna talk about persecution of fellow Christians. I'm gonna do something that I don't think I've done before. I'm gonna be sharing the pulpit with another pastor this morning, a pastor who literally had to flee the Middle East because of death threats against him. And I want you this morning to broaden your thinking just a moment most of the messages when you come to this church you'll find that they're very much oriented to the felt needs in our lives they're very much oriented to issues in our culture things that we deal with as American people but persecution is not something most of us have to deal with but I want to encourage you this morning to really listen to what you hear because though we may not be experiencing it directly we have a very narrow view of what it means to be a Christian is defined by living in America and I'm convinced that I don't live a balanced Christian life I don't have a full outlook unless I take two things into first-hand consideration number one the needs of the third world the poor that are around the world those that are struggling Christians in impoverished nations around the world until I have gone to the mission field and seen the passion and the great need I'm missing something until I have been surrounded by groups of Buddhists or Muslims or people of a different faith I'm missing something And lastly, until I come to grips with the fact that believers are being persecuted around the world for their faith in Christ. Uh, According to the Hudson Institute, and I want you to listen to this, because persecution takes many forms. It can be harassing, being punished. You can lose your job. You can be driven from your home. You could literally be beaten. You could be murdered. You could be killed. All because you are a Christian. The Hudson Institute says that there are between six and seven hundred million Christians that are living under persecution today. That's one in three people are living under the scourge of persecution. Now if you just look down the row, take you and two more people, one of us, around the world is being persecuted for their faith one of us listen may have a mother that's in jail one of us may lose our job before we're a Christian one of us may not be able to find a job before because we're a Christian one of us may have our house burned down because we're a Christian one of us will be belittled one of us will be forced to go to an Islamic school and denied the religious freedom to go to another school simply because we are a Christian now, six to 700 million. Now this next figure is staggering. The International Bulletin of Missionary Research tells us that there are about 176,000 people that were martyred for their faith in Christ in a one-year period. mid-2008 to mid-2009, 176,000 people. That's almost three times as many people that live in Texarkana. Now that's an enormous number. It can take you, you know, a good hour, hour, a couple hours just riding around Texarkana and looking and seeing people in malls and stores and restaurants and interstate highways and roads and cars. Three times that many people die simply because they're a Christian in one year period and the number is increasing around the world. Now, just because we have this cocoon of God's kindness to us, listen, it's out there in the world. This is a sobering message. This is something to help your Christian worldview, your your sense of the reality of what's going on in the world. But I want to take just a moment or two and look in the Bible with you about persecution and what the Bible says, and then my brother's going to come to the pulpit and share it with me. I would hope today that I could instill in you some some awareness of persecution around the world but number two some sense of caring for Christians today when you when our friend comes uh, to share with you you will be able to put a Christian face on someone that used to be a Muslim and someone that's experienced severe persecution simply because they are a Christian now go to John chapter 15 John chapter 15 and my remarks will be brief John 15 verse 18 Jesus told us that we would be hated and persecuted if we followed him now look at verse 18 John 15 Jesus said if the world hates you now how many people want to be liked let me see your hand Come on now, everybody in this room wants people to like us. I mean, we want people to to applaud our efforts. We want them to be friendly, to be kind, to smile, to extend a hand, to be courteous to us. We want people to like us, but Jesus said, if you're going to be a true follower of me, you're going to find that some people hate you. And that's not because you're doing hateful things. Now, how many know if you act like a turkey, you need to be, come on. But, But I'm talking about simply because you're a Christian. The Bible says you'll be hated. Jesus said it hated me before it hated you now think about this Jesus came to save the world from their sins the only one to truly offer eternal life and Jesus said people hated me for that they hated him so bad they crucified him and you can see that there's a spiritual element behind that hatred if you were of the world and here's the problem if you were of the world the world would love you as its own which simply means if you have the values of this world, if you have the attitudes of uh, of the people that are in this world, those that don't know Christ, those that hate Christ, their attitudes, their values, their actions, if you were like them, they'd love you, but as it is, you're not of the world. I chose you out, and they hate you. Verse 20 says, if they persecuted me, say it again, they'll persecute you. These are the words of Jesus. And you must see that there's a spiritual war going on between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Now, very globally, very broadly, there are only two kingdoms of this world. This is not about a continent. It's not about a race. It's not about a culture. It is about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. It's about those who follow Christ and the worldly system inspired by evil that does not. You as a Christian are a target in the conflict. See, simply because you bear the name of Christ there's you can go to some public schools in America today if you have a Christian shirt on they'll make you take it off they'll make you turn that shirt inside out because they say it's an offensive message you can have a Bible on your desk and if you're a public school teacher in some parts of the country of the country you will lose your job you'll be forced to take it off your desk you'll be called narrow-minded you'll be called bigoted and they'll say you're offending me because of what you said we see a little this in America today but it is a spiritual conflict I mean, no, the Bible tells us that our struggle is not against flesh and blood or people, but against the powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness that's in this world, which simply means Satan is behind this, and we are to respond as God's ambassadors, hopefully motivated by love and concern for their souls, even if they hate us. Persecution is when people are inspired by the devil, attack us. It is illogical, but it is real it is illogical what you saw on that video earlier today about a woman listen people would not drink after her they would not share a cup of water with her that they were hot because she was a Christian she was a non-muslim it is illogical the hatred in the streets and the violence that you saw pe- people's houses being burned down because they're a Christian is illogical just this past week you've seen on our news when there was a preacher in Florida that burned a Bible probably not a good idea but he burned a burned a Koran And they were so enraged that the clerics literally caused an attack against non-Muslim people and several dozen people were killed simply because of this holy war. It's not a war against Christianity versus Islam, but it is a war that's in this world between those that are followers of the true God and those that are not. Now, Acts chapter 7, look quickly. I want you to see two things, and I want you to say these words with me. Persecution Persecution and presence. There's persecution, but there is the presence of God that's right in the midst of it. Acts chapter 7, verse 1, and then chapter 8, verse 1. Now, Stephen is a great Christian. Stephen is a deacon. He's filled with the Spirit. He's following Christ. Miracles are following his life and ministry, but, but people hate him. They are jealous of him, and now he's being interviewed by the high priest. The high priest, verse 1, says, are these charges true? And in an endearing way, he said, brothers and fathers, listen to me. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham. So he starts from their Jewish heritage. He goes on and gives probably the, the, one of the best summaries of the entire Old Testament, the life of the Jewish people in the Bible. If you read that chapter, you would pick that up. But then he gets pretty pointed about verse 50. And in verse 50, he starts to address them and talk about their rejection of God and how they treated the prophets. And now here's where it starts verse 54 they go crazy. When they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. It's kind of just do your teeth go. I mean, I mean, now you're just kind of playing around. But can you imagine being mad in rage? You ever been in, in, in a fight? I mean, just a, a down, dirty fight, and somebody done something, and you were just raring to go. Arr! You just well, that's what they were doing. Not because he had murdered or killed or raped or broken the law, but because he was a Christian. They were fierce. They gnashed their teeth. But look at verse 55. It's incredible. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. Now, here's your key. Because if the Spirit of God is living in you, and you are growing as a Christian, and you've welcomed God's presence, you can face anything that comes to you in this life. You see, because how many know greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world? See, pain may be out there. Loss and suffering may be a part of it. But somehow, joy, come on, in the peace of the Lord, can prevail. Well, that's what's happening here. He's full of the Spirit. And notice what happens. Here's the presence. He looks up to heaven, and he sees the glory of God. And Jesus is standing for concern at the right hand of God. Verse 56, look, he said, I see the heaven open, and the Son of Man, Jesus, standing at the right hand of God. And you would have thought that they would have fallen to their faces, but they didn't. They covered their ears. They yelled at the top of their voices and rushed at him. Verse 58, they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Now, yesterday I was in Albertsons and I, and I, and I got a cantaloupe and there were some oranges there. I want you to imagine people taking rocks the size of oranges and throwing them at you. I want you to imagine someone with a, a rock the size of a cantaloupe coming at you and they're fixing to pummel you with that. Now listen, nobody likes that. Nobody enjoys pain. Nobody wants that experience. And you would think that he would just be screaming in just fear and terror, but look what happened. They stoned him in verse 59, and while they're stoning him, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Aren't you glad there's another life after this life for us? Aren't you glad earth is not our home? Aren't you glad in the middle of persecution, the presence and glory of God can be there for you? But verse 60, he fell on his knees, and he didn't curse them. He didn't ask God to damn them. He said, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. It's incredible. It's what Christ did on the cross, that the Spirit of God in him was greater than the power of the persecution. Well, lo and behold, he said this, he fell asleep. The Bible's euphemism for death. I mean, no, death for us is not a finality. When it's over here, it's not over. It's just beginning. See, you've got eternity. Well, Saul was there yet to be converted, and on that day a great persecution broke out at the church in Jerusalem. Well, here's what I want you to know. That persecution came and the believers didn't quit. They didn't back up. They didn't back off. They didn't give up. They didn't throw their hands up in the air. They just kept living for Jesus as this entire book was being written in Revelation there's a brother named Antipas who was martyred for Christ in the latter part of the book of Revelation it's a bloody book for those who don't take the mark of the beast I want to tell you our world that we live in today is filled with it but I want to tell you this Christian the presence and the power of God will sustain you through anything you face in life any hardship that comes your way God's presence and God's power will be there for you now listen I'm telling this to you as an American who's never experienced more than that much persecution They're gonna cut the camera and the recording off now. But I want you to listen to a brother.